Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage here in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm with my co-host, Dean Manchi, over in Kimberly. Coach, what's going on, big dog? Very excited to have our guest on today. He's a Kimberly grad and was an athlete of, of mine, so uh, this is going to be great. Our first college athlete that's going to be on the podcast, Brian. I know, Dean. I, I kind of feel like we were kind of chatting here a little bit before we went online. I kind of feel like the third man out here, so I might just kind of sit back and let you two talk instead of, you know, chiming in. But we're very, we're very excited to have Logan Bruss on of the, the Wisconsin Badgers, formerly Kimberly Papermaker, um, to to sit down and chat with us for a little bit today. Logan, you there, bud? I'm here. Awesome. I'm happy to Thank be you. here too. Thank you. Thanks for coming on with summer training and everything you're going through right now. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and being a college student as well. Really appreciate you taking the time out to, to talk with some of our listeners. As you know, I'm sure uh, Dean's filled you in. A lot of our listeners are high school athletes, high school coaches. So really excited to get some perspective from you on just some different things that you do to be successful. Uh, obviously, you've had a very successful career, hoping to keep that keep that thing rolling. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your, your high school career and, and just some things about yourself, Logan, if you would. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, I went to Kimberly high school and I, I started off competing in, uh, football and basketball. And I kind of got convinced to start doing track and with coach Matchy coaching me, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I thought it helped me become a much better athlete, more well-rounded as an athlete. And, uh, after my freshman year, I made a decision to stop playing basketball because I wanted to really focus on football and uh, put some weight and some strength on, and I'm glad I did that. And just all those experiences that I had playing multiple sports in high school, I thought helped me turn into the best athlete I could be. And uh, luckily, I had the, the opportunity to come here and play football, and it's been a blast so far, and time really has flown by. And I'm coming into my last year and hoping to make the most of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, in typical Wisconsin fashion, I'm sure you're going to have your best, best year as your last year. You know, they, they do a great job of, of developing their kids and things like that. So maybe give us a little insight. You guys just finished up spring ball and obviously spring ball was a little bit different this year, but give our, in, you know, give our, our, our listeners a little insight. I think most people have an idea how the season rolls, right? You know, you, you, you play on Saturday, you come in for treatments on Sunday, you train a couple days, you have practice. Spring ball is a little bit different, you know, kind of an animal and different schools run it differently. So maybe give us a little insight, you know, being an offensive lineman, what, what a day, a spring ball day or spring ball week is like. Yeah. So the typical spring ball week, uh, we have about three practices, like never consecutive days, but there's 15 practices in total and it's, they're spread across five weeks. And it's pretty well structured. Uh, a couple of years back, we switched to practices in the morning and we've just kind of stuck with that ever since. So uh, treatments and uh, getting taped for practice starts at about 6.30 in the morning. And then there's walkthroughs and you get into practice and then everything finishes up around about 11, I would say, a little before because the guys usually have class. And then the big thing with spring ball is you can't just focus on football because a lot of guys have full class schedules that they have to go to. And uh, the hardest thing for me was just figuring out how to balance that because, I mean, class a lot of times is the last thing you want to do, especially after a hard day of practice. And just finding it within yourself to have the discipline to 
take care of the class stuff you need to take care of, even when you don't want to. Uh, that was the biggest area I thought I had to grow because you don't really have somebody kind of holding your hand. Nobody's really forcing you to go to class and do your homework. I mean, if you fail a class, you fail a class, and that's something you have to deal with. And I thought I've made some big strides here, uh, just kind of looking out for myself and taking care of myself, even when there's nobody holding my hand through it. But, uh, yeah, as soon as the class stuff's over, a lot of times uh, as O-line, coach likes to sneak some extra meetings because beside the position of O-line, it takes a lot of extra time, a lot of extra reps to get all that, all the stuff nailed down. Because working as a five-man unit, there's a lot more reps needed to kind of get gelled with the guys next to you. And uh, Coach Rudolph is a big believer in that. And that's where we spend a lot of our extra time is just meeting, walking through tough looks again. And so that kind of fills up the whole day between football class and then meetings of football again. You're not left with much time in the spring. So you have to stay on top of your stuff. Otherwise, it's pretty easy to fall behind. Hey, Logan, I uh, just saw just a tweet before we started this uh, podcast that it looks like it's going to be a normal year as far as uh, – is people going to the Badger game. So we all know being living in Wisconsin, Badger football is unbelievable. You know, the whole thing when Barry Elvers came and the stands are full and that game day atmosphere is incredible. But as an athlete, you know, it's game day. Take our listeners through what that looks like for you. For example, you've got any superstitions or game day rituals you have or other athletes might have on the team that you'd like to share. Yeah, so obviously it wasn't a typical uh, typical game days last year, but what I'm hoping for this year is we always spend uh, our Friday nights at the team hotel, even for home games. And then depending on the time of the game, we wake up probably about, you know, five, six hours before if it's an 11 o'clock game, probably up around, you know, 630. Uh, there's a team breakfast and then we usually have walkthroughs. And then we kind of have a, a team meeting to kind of get everything squared away. And then we head over to the stadium and everybody kind of splits up and everybody has their own uh, rituals and different things they have to do on game day to get ready to play. Uh, as far as superstitions go, I'm not too much of a superstitious guy, but I'm a big believer in kind of keeping my practice habits the same as game day habits. And that'll even come down to like the cleats I wear, you know, the gloves I wear. And I'm the type of guy that, I hate wearing new cleats. I like kind of feeling comfortable in what I've been wearing all week. And like last year, I, I wore a pair of cleats until they fell apart. I could barely walk in them anymore because they were so ripped up. But I just I just kind of like everything feeling the same. And if I had it my way, we would just wear our practice clothes for the game, just to kind of feel yeah. the comfort we feel in practice. Awesome. So, Logan, you, you touched on a little bit, you know, how you played some multiple sports while, while you are in high school you know, your track and, and we've talked with, you know, a bunch of different, bunch of different guys, even, even Rob did a little track, you know, as an old lineman and, and, you know, we've talked with some of the skill guys about, you know, running track, but, you know, coach Manchie runs the, the Fox Valley throws club in, in Kimberly and, you know, probably one of the best throws coaches, you know, in the Midwest. Um, when you were, you know, when you were in middle school, you know, tell us how some of those, you know, different sports that you did, you know, helped your development. I know there's a big correlation between, you know, some bigger guys and playing basketball and their footwork and stuff like that. But then once you got to high school, 
you know, being a thrower and I know how, how coach is right. You train, you train through track season, right. Your football player throwing as a track mm-hmm. athlete, you know, just explain to our listeners kind of how maybe some of those sports helped you develop into the, the football player you are today. Yeah. Obviously the first thing you think of when you look at guys playing multiple sports is like different types of like athleticism and different types of movements all benefit you in the long run, just doing different types of things, you know, playing online is one thing, just blocking, but being able to do other things like, you know, running, jumping, uh, different things that you do in basketball and even track, those all translate. But I thought the biggest thing for me was just kind of the love of the game and competing in different areas and in different sports, I thought helped me appreciate all the sports I played a lot more. And I thought that was the biggest thing I took away from playing every sport was just that aspect of competing and getting better with your friends. That's honestly what I miss about playing all those sports the most is just the camaraderie that I had with all the different guys I played with. Do you think, you know, and just as a, as a follow-up with that, you know, obviously Dean is probably recognized as I would say the best strength coach in our, in our state for the high schools, things like that for what he does. Do you think being in a program that focused so much on strength and conditioning do you think that that obviously as a college athlete, you're training year round, you know, do you think then learning how to train not only during football season, but also during track season has helped you as a college athlete, because you're still training year round, you know, and that, that emphasis on it, but we all know that the in season is in football and college can be very, you know, I don't want to say traumatizing, but it can be pretty taxing on your body. So do you think, going through a program like Kimberly's, you know, really helped prepare you to endure the training regimen of a year round strength program. Yeah. I mean, when I came in to Kimberly high school, I was about 150 pounds. I was not a natural by any means. And uh, coach matching all the other coaches there really helped me fall in love with it. And they really showed me how to work and kind of the work it takes to perform at a high level. And, just all the things we did there. I know we did a lot of like ankle mobility, you know, neck mobility, like just strengthening every area of the body. And I think some of those things kind of put me ahead when I showed up in Madison. And uh, I think they've helped contribute to staying healthy a lot of these years. Cause like you said, going through the, going through a, a full big 10 season is pretty taxing on the body. And uh, if you're not strong in every area, something will eventually break down and uh, just getting used to training year round and making sure you're all squared away. You're not really deficient in any area is the most important thing. Because like I said, if you're, if something's weak on you, something will break down eventually. It's just bound to happen. And uh, just being able to stay on top of that throughout all these years has really helped me a lot. Brian, one other thing, Uh, Logan had a a great situation in high school because he was coached, uh, by, by two really good offensive line coaches. Mike Verstegen, obviously, who you know, who was the UW Badger offensive yep. lineman, and he's a, he's a Kimberly community person, and he's been coaching our offensive line ever since I've been there, so 16 years. And uh, he, he was one of the teammates with Joe Rudolph, who was, who was the, the offensive line coach for Logan currently, so they played together and all that, and you obviously know Rudy really well. Yep. And... Uh, Jason Mangan, who assists Mike Verstegen as well, they do an extremely good job of coaching the technique at the high school level. So I think Logan just 
from a technical standpoint, because he's so smart and he's so coachable and he worked so hard that he had a huge advantage going into college because he had some great footwork. He had some great fundamentals. And then when he got to college, coach Rudolph could just take him to a whole nother level and, and get adjusted to that college game. And that's a credit to Logan is always trying to get better. We talk about the growth mindset as coaches and as athletes, but Logan was, was never happy with his performance in high school. He always thought he could, he could do more. And he was always looking for that competitive advantage and what he could do to become better. And I think that's a big success. Why he's having such a big success at the college level. Another thing on Logan, what was one of the hardest adjustments for you athletically and academically during your first semester in college? I know a lot of kids, they get done with high school and it's like, boom, they're going to go to that college, whether it's D3, D2, or at your level, Big Ten football, D1. What were some of the things um, that were hard for you to adjust to at that level? Um, like you were talking about, just the technique transitioning from you know, high school to college. Um, and it was a bigger step than even I could have imagined both physically and technique wise. And when I showed up, I knew I was behind physically. And I mean, like every guy, it takes some time to catch up, but just the attention to detail, especially with what coach Rudolph has and what he teaches that, that the details and the technique, a lot of times take years to get down and, I guess I never, I wish I would have known back then what I know now and how much a technique really matters and uh, how little, how one little thing could be off. And that could be the difference between winning or losing a play against a, a really good guy. And there's a lot of times where even if you're the better player physically, uh, the guy across from you, if he has a technique on you, uh, you'll lose the majority of those reps. And that was the biggest, uh, the biggest growth in my mindset was kind of honing into that technique. And that was the biggest thing I had to, to work on when I showed up was just learning to trust the technique and not trying to just win with athleticism or, or physicality. You kind of grow that appreciation where not everything has to be a hundred miles an hour. And uh, just emphasizing the technique is really the most important thing for me. And then as far as uh, academically, like I kind of talked about before that first semester, there's, just kind of people holding your hand to make sure you get off to a good start. But uh, like I said, it's, it's very different. And if you don't stay on top of it, you can fall behind really easily because there's really nobody holding your hand and there's nobody really forcing you to go to class. And those are choices you have to make for yourself and you kind of have to determine what path you want to be on and uh, what kind of start you want to get off to. Fortunately, I was able to start well and I've kind of ridden that from here and, I'm just about finishing up the degree. So, so, so I'm an incoming freshman, Logan. Okay. And we, we've talked a little bit about, you, you know, academically some things that you need to focus on, but if I want to get a competitive advantage before I walk in the door as a college freshman, so, you, you know, you get a you get a do over, right. You, you know what, now, you know, what happens when you walk through that door, you know, the, 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 mental and physical toughness you need you know to just just maintain where you're at and just be a part of the team you know what's something that you could tell some of these kids that have aspirations of playing you know college sports 
you know, something they can do before they, you know, whether it's physically, mentally, anything to give them a, a competitive advantage when they walk in the door, because, you know, I've seen it, I saw it for years, you know, you see great athletes and they just kind of freeze up that first week because they're, they're nervous They're, you know, maybe they, they, you know, they, they like the recruiting process a lot. And all of a sudden they're like, Holy smokes. Now I got to work. You know, is there something that, that you personally, you know, would suggest to our listeners, you know, as they move on to take that next step? Yeah. You kind of mentioned the recruiting process and I think in some ways it's kind of detrimental to a lot of the guys that are showing up because these high school kids are hyped up as big time players to get them to come to the school but then when they show up, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. And it's kind of a shock for a lot of guys. But if I had any advice to guys showing up for their first day at college workouts, it's just to leave every every ounce of ego or anything you have at the door. Uh, just be humble and just shut up and watch the older guys that know what they're doing and just learn from them. Because no matter what, you're going to be behind physically because you're a freshman again and the biggest thing I wish I would have done is just soak in every ounce of information I could get from all the older guys that have been there for a while, just kind of see how they do things. And I uh, just kind of use that to transform myself. As an, as an older guy now too, right. You see that when those, those new guys walk into your room, right. The, you know, they're coming in, obviously they, they want your job, you know, it's like, you know, it's like anything else. And, and, but you also, you know, feel that obligation as a leader to, to show them what the tradition is, show them what the work ethic is. So what I saw, and it's probably still true, right? You know, the guys, like you said, that come in and they just ask questions, you know, they're respectful. Um, those are the guys that seem to, you know, make some headway right away, you know, in the summer, the guys that come in and, you know, they want to tell you how good they are. Um, they, you know, those are usually the guys that find out in, in, in fall practice right away that, wait a minute, like, I, uh, this, uh, I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like you said, you have, what, what's great about Wisconsin is the coaches are so technically skilled in their coaching. I mean, Jim Leonard is obviously one of the best defensive coordinators out there. Coach Chris with the quarterbacks, you have two of the best offensive line coaches, you know, in the country on your staff. So, I mean, mm -hmm. would you, would you feel that that's an accurate statement as far as those guys that walk in, they're just, you know, they're respectful and they just, you want to help them, right. You want to see them do well. Yeah, the guys that come in and are looking to get better and they're willing to be humble and work, those are the guys that usually have a better start. And I think as soon as you can leave leave the ego at the door, the better off you'll be because, as I learned, there is a lot to learn and it takes a long time to get to that point where you want to be. And, I mean, it's kind of growth throughout the whole career. And I can never really say, like, I have arrived because I still have – a lot of things to clean up on my end if I want to be as good as I want to be. And uh, I guess you can never really develop that ego because there's always some area you can improve. And uh, it, if you kind of have that mindset, other guys like that will gravitate towards you. And uh, that just kind of creates a better culture, I think, throughout like an offensive line and throughout the whole team. We talked about competitive advantage, you know. Now let's go back to incoming freshmen in high school. So it's a little bit different now, you know, they're probably going to be more scared. You know, like you talk about the college, you know, the high school guy that's going to the university of Wisconsin, you know, they've, they've done the recruiting process, you know, 
everybody's been telling them how good they are now. What competitive advantage advice would you give for an incoming freshman right now? Because that's a big, you know, change from a freshman's body, obviously, to a senior's body. What advice would you give those incoming freshmen? You mean the high school freshmen? Yeah, the high school freshmen. <clears throat> Pretty similar thing. Uh, I remember going back to my first day, and I was really nervous. So I didn't know what to expect. But the one thing I liked about our high school was just how welcoming all the older guys were to me. And as soon as I showed up, I knew I was going to be all right because like those guys weren't as scary as I thought they would be. And they really helped me to kind of get comfortable with everything. And I think that's the most important thing about a team is when, you know, the younger guys can feel comfortable around the older guys and the older guys are kind of showing them the ropes. And but any advice I have is just put your head down and work. Uh, there's nothing to be scared of because everybody else is in the same shoes as you or has been in the same shoes as you. And it's just kind of a rite of passage and just kind of have to trust the process and go with it. You know, that's kudos to coach Jones. I think, you know, on our football program at Campbell, he does such a great job of letting, you know, making sure everyone on the team is, feels like they're part of the team. And I think that's big and that, that develops with, with his leadership you know, his leadership classes and those upperclassmen helping you feel like you're part of something, I think is big because it's very intimidating for freshmen when they come in and all of a sudden now they're training with our group. You know, like just today, we probably had, you know, 250 boys out there training and we got freshmen, you know, that are training with some seniors and that's big as far as, as the culture goes. And it's a testament to when you were there and all the people that were uh, before you is you giving back and you serving to those younger athletes in the program. And, and that's big right now. We hear that word culture all the time. I know Brian brings up, you know, the culture and sports advantage. And, and that is such a big thing right now. And just getting kids to feel like they're part, because a lot of times if that culture is not on point, kids are going to quit. Or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so, so that's really big. Brian, you got any comments on that? Well, I, I just think, you know, one of the coolest things that, that you guys do at Kimberly is, you know, you kind of invert the pyramid. You know, you know what I mean? Where, you know, your seniors are the ones, you know, the servant leaders, you know, and servant leadership. And, you know, what a great thing to learn. Um, and it goes back to two that just, you know, as a senior, you got to put your ego away, right, Logan? You know, yeah. you, you have to, you know, you wear that, that K on your helmet or that motion W you represent, you know, not only yourself, but you represent, you know, the guys that have done it before you, you know, it's the same thing at Kimberly with that 70 game win streak. You know what I mean? Everybody's representing that. And so if you carry an ego, no matter how old you are, sometime at some point you're disservicing the program. And if, if you care about the program, then you're going to do what you need to do to make sure not only that the program is great this year, you know, Logan, I'm sure at Wisconsin, like your, your concern is obviously you want to have a great senior year, but at the same time, you know, I've talked with so many of our O-line guys that they, they want to see the O-line guys be continue to be one of the top groups in the country. And I'm sure, you know, you feel that way, right? Some of those incoming freshmen that come in, you know, same thing at Kimberly, right? You want you want to see them playing down in Madison, you know, be, before Thanksgiving, right? Right. 
Okay. Awesome. Um, so let's, since we talked about the O-line of Wisconsin, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. There's a, there's a great tradition there. Um, and so, you know, going through the recruiting process, you get to go play O-line at the university of Wisconsin. Um, how has your role changed? You know, now that you, you, you that you're a senior, you're a leader, um, how has your role changed now that, you know, you've kind of gone through the process and you also know that there's tradition there. Um, how is your role evolving, you know, from when you were a freshman to, to now when you're a senior? Yeah, what's kind of been cool is that it's kind of changed every year, kind of with the room. And uh, the room's always different based on the kind of the personalities that are in there, which is kind of the fun thing about it. But uh, just kind of growing confidence and growing more experience in games kind of gives you more of a voice because – I think you, you kind of know how to work and you kind of know what it takes to win. And you kind of know how to demand more out of your teammates because you know what it takes out of them. Even the guys that aren't playing, you know, what, the amount of work and the amount of sacrifice and the amount of effort it takes from every guy in that old line room, uh, what it takes to win. And uh, it was a weird feeling kind of looking up and not seeing any older guys in the old line room. And you kind of feel that it's, it's uh, your time to take over the reins and, like uh, be a good mentor and a good leader to the younger guys. And I think the biggest strides we've made, uh, the guys in my grade, uh, from the time we showed up to now is uh, we kind of changed the culture of the online room, I think, uh, to be more welcoming to the younger guys. And I think we've done a good job of integrating the younger guys and everything. And I just think each year we become more and more close-knit. And I think the key to a good online is to be really close-knit because – when the game's on the line, you have to trust that the guy next to you knows exactly what he's doing and you know exactly what he's going to do to help you out uh, just in those big moments. And I just think that camaraderie and the brotherhood is the biggest thing. And I think we've done a good job of kind of establishing that and setting it up for years to come. And I think one of the things that people don't understand about playing O-line is that, you know, there's a lot of times that in, in that game, like even though there's five of you, you know, they can still find the guy that maybe misses a block, that misses an assignment, stuff like that. And so, like you're saying, if the five of you or six or, you know, and we know as well as anybody that that's a, that's a position where, you know, if you're in the top 12, you better be ready to go on game day. Mm -hmm. Because you never know when, you know, a tailback can fall into your legs or a guy can, you know, so if you're not ready to go, you know, then, then all, you know, can all break loose because of there's communication, there's, there's passing guys off, there's things like that. And so that's, I think having a, a room where everybody's close knit, you know, becomes very important, especially in the offensive line room, because, you know, you may be having to communicate with a guy that you may not have practiced with all week mm -hmm. you know, based on injuries. Right. Right. Yeah. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of occurrences like that, anything can happen. And there's been times I've gotten thrown in a game back when I was a freshman with seniors and going into that game, I was almost positive that I would not set foot on that field. And you just kind of have to be ready when your number's called and just all the thousands of reps you take in the off season and in camp going into the season, all those set you up to kind of gel with the guys next to you. And I just think the way the group's going right now, I have a lot of confidence with, a lot of the guys to go in there and do their job really well. So that's what I'm excited about. 
Logan, I think uh, one of the big things athletics teaches us is we have to deal with a lot of adversity and we have to persevere through a lot of different things. And I think sometimes when uh, high school kids look at a college athlete, they just think, oh, this is just like a vacation. This is the perfect setup. You know, they don't understand all the hours and all the work that you have to put into being a athlete at the college level. So how do you personally deal with some setbacks, like a tough loss, an injury, a practice performance, maybe not up to your coach's standard or maybe not up to your standard? How do you deal with some of these situations? Yeah, uh, the setbacks that always hurt the most to me are the ones that don't live up to my standard for myself. And I mean, they happen all the time. They happen to everybody. I mean, you might just have a bad practice or a bad game or even a bad rep. And uh, I just think the most important thing is to not dwell on it too long. And obviously you want to learn from it. But uh, Coach Jones and Kimberly always talked about, you know, parking, parking your bad mistakes and uh, like leaving them for later. Like you can worry about them later, but if you're in the middle of the game, like the heat of the moment, you can't dwell too long on those bad plays, those bad reps. You can't let those affect the rest of your game. Like you can't be nervous about getting beat inside if you get beat inside one time. You can't let that affect your mental game. And I think that mental aspect is one of the biggest areas I thought I had to grow in. Because in the college level, you're going to lose a lot more reps because the playing field is so much more even. And you just kind of have to accept that and learn from it on the fly and I just go about the same routine the next play and just not dwell on it too much. Logan, with, you know, with, with getting an opportunity, right, to play, how did you get your first opportunity to like playing a game? Was it an injury? Like someone got hurt and you got put in? Or, or did you or did you win a starting job or, or how'd that go? Uh, so going into that second fall camp, since I had redshirted the first year, uh, Coach Rudolph came up to me and said, Hey, I, 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 you won't be the starter, but I want to get you on the field in some way, shape, or form. And uh, we were kind of down at tight ends that year, and we had some guys banged up, and I got the opportunity to kind of suit up and be a blocking tight end for a lot of that. Uh, I forget what year it was, maybe 2018 season. But even that opportunity was uh, it was kind of nice to get the feet wet and see what it's like playing in an actual game, and then Later on that year, when some injuries happened, I was able to play a few games at the end of the season. And that was a, such a good experience for me to kind of learn what areas I do improve in. And it was definitely nerve wracking, but uh, it's always fun to, to get in that game for the first time and see what it's like. And I just thought that helped me so much in preparing for the next season. And I think we see that we see that so much, you know, some of our past guests, you know, Alex Erickson and, even even Joe Thomas talked about being a blocking tight end, you know, that it's a great message to our listeners, especially our athletes, is one, you have to prepare like you're going to play. Like, you, you know, even if you're, you know, back, even if you're a backup volleyball player, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're not on a relay, you just never really know, right, when your number is going to get called. And so, you know, when that opportunity comes, it's too late to try and prepare, right? You have to prepare like you're going to start. And I think, Sounds like that that you have that mindset that you know if I'm not starting I'm and you have to as an old lineman and as really an athlete is that if you're not preparing yourself on a daily basis taking mental reps 
you know, I know that's a big thing at Wisconsin, take mental reps when you're not in there. Um, that, that opportunity comes, you're not going to be ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we, we, like we talked about before, anything could happen at any moment. The guy could get rolled up, hurt his knee and you could be thrown in and going into the game. You thought there was no chance he'd be in the game. And if you're startled at that point, it's almost too late to prepare, like you said. And I think they do a good job of preparing, you know, those 10, 12 guys to play in the game prior to that week. And everybody goes into the game knowing what they have to do if they do get that opportunity to play. And I just think that's the biggest thing is keeping everybody ready. Logan, let's go back to high school. You know, we had Joe Thomas on. He talked about, you know, just getting a loaf of bread as far as gaining weight and and drinking a lot of milk. You know, he talked about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I know you were in a situation like that, too. You had to gain weight. You made the decision, you know, to not play basketball because you had to gain weight. And it was difficult for you to gain weight. Kind of talk to our high school athletes right now that may be in that similar position and what it takes to actually gain the weight because a lot of kids always come to me and say I can't gain any weight coach you know hey what what should I be eating what what should I do what what what, you know you got any tips for me I think the bottom line is you just got to want it and Mm -hmm. you know you got to figure out what works for Logan Bruss might be different than coach Matchy or coach Bot. how did you do it yeah I just like you said I kind of experimented with some stuff and I always had a really high metabolism as a kid. I was always real skinny. And uh, I think it was about my sophomore year of high school. I started making four big like turkey and cheese sandwiches every day, you know, packed them in a lunchbox. And I made sure to eat one every class, no matter how full I was. And it was just kind of that consistent effort. And I think that's the most important thing is just having the consistency with it. You can't do it for a few days and, you know, take a week off. It's something you got to do every day no matter how much it sucks, because if you want it bad enough, it's worth it in the end. And luckily for me, I was able to get to the point where I wanted to get to. And I thought it helped me a lot, even in high school football, just to get that weight that I wanted to put on, put on. I think another way to gain weight is go out for track at Kimberly Cripes. I mean, got got guys having, you know, they got grill outs and Dean's got his throwers and they're, they're having steaks. And then tomorrow they're going to Tanner's and then, you know, just go off for track at Kimberly. You put on plenty of weight, right, Coach? <laughs> that's just, that's the secret. You just got to eat. You got to be consistent too. Hey, eat a ton of food, pizza, and wings tonight. Every day, I talk, every every day I talk to this guy. What hey, what do you? Hey, I'm, oh, I'm having a steak sandwich. I'm having this. Good <laughs> lord, Ross, did we do a few good hoo ha trips with the team? I've been missing hoo ha. I think we might have to go sometime. Next back time you're in town, we got to do it up. Now that now that everything's opening back up, we can get back to normal. Good mm-hmm. idea. Um, anything else, Logan? You like to share at all? Anything that's you know? I know you're looking forward to a normal football season here. Um, what what kind of you know what what are the, what are the Badger fans going to expect to see from this year's team? Oh boy, <laughs> I'm on the spot. <laughs> All right. I do. Th- I do think we're going to be solid all around, and I'm really looking forward to a lot of the guys we have, and I think we have the opportunity to make it a really good year, and I'm really excited for it. It's always it's always fun, right, to be ingrained in the summer training program, 
and you know watch some new guys come in but also i think it's really fun too logan when you have that second or third year guy that really gets it that he gets it you know maybe he's he's been on the fence guy for a year or two he's been a developmental kid and all of a sudden he's just like you know he, he gets it in the summer and you can kind of see that there's some guys that you can see that and i think that for me as a coach in, in college was really exciting because you could see some guys that, you know, some, you know, and it's hard. It is hard when you're the man at your high school and you come in and I don't think people realize how hard that is for an 18 year old kid, you know, male or female, whether you're a women's basketball player, volleyball, football, anything, you're, you're the person, you're the, you're, you're the, you know, you're the alpha at your school and you come into college and all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's 10, 12 other people that are just as good as you as not, if not better. And you got to find a way to get better. And, you know, it really can, it really can knock you off your horse a little bit, but I think, you know, from my perspective, one of the most exciting things was in that second or third year kids that really stuck with it and they didn't just jump ship. They stuck with it and they worked their tails off and they, maybe they got on special teams and they bought into playing special teams or, or even PAT field goal from your perspective you know, and then all of a sudden a guy goes down and here they are. And I mean, I use Ricky Wagner as an example, as, as a guy, you know, worked, worked, worked. All of a sudden guy goes down, he goes, starts. And now he's got like an eight, 10 year career in the NFL. And that's just exciting. Right. Mm -hmm. So to wrap this up, Logan, we're going to go one more question for you here. Okay. okay. Tell me, tell me a little bit about turf toughness. And I don't, I don't like, I don't want to be giving away any secrets. I want to know how Coach Manchi is during turf toughness. I mean, is he jacked up? Is he running around? Is he is he got? Does he get you guys going, or is he just kind of you know his flip flops, just <laughs> kind of hanging around, letting Mangan do all the work? Or what's? Tell me about like give me give me a little give us give our listeners. Everybody's heard about you know some stories about me about throwing Powerade off the thing and some of the different crazy things I used to do. We want to hear. You know, Coach Manchi, how fired up he gets in the in the weight room, ringing bells and doing some of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, once the workout started, Coach Manchi turns into a different animal, and <laughs> he really brings the energy. And I think he brings the best out of everybody that's in the room. And he's always a fun guy to be around. Usually, he's shouting so much he can barely talk at the end of the workout. I know he's always got the music blasting, and it's always a good time. And like I got to get back from one of those workouts if the time ever works out for me because I miss those a lot. And I thought they helped everybody, especially me, to be a better player. And they teach you that you can do a lot more than you think you can going into it. And yeah, hence the name Turf Toughness. I think it really applies there. Yeah, I know, Brian. I think, you know, when we talk about Turf Toughness and when I think of Logan Bross is, you know, you can work out extremely hard, whether it's at Sports Advantage whether it's at your high school, but you know, what makes the workout is the athletes and the athletes make it fun. And Logan always would take hard work and he could make it fun. And he was always smiling and he cares about the guy next to him. And, you know, it's fun to watch him play on a Saturday, you know, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Cause I know he's got the guy next to his, to him, his teammates back. Cause that's the way Logan has always been. And you know, there's times where it's a grind, Logan. And, and you know that at college, you know, mm -hmm. spring ball is probably one of those situations like, oh, man, you know, this is getting old. We're hitting. We're doing all these reps. We're tired. We're sore. 
maybe we're, we're dealing with some kind of injury, but you always made it fun. And one thing I noticed about, you know, and I always tell them and we text back and forth and, you know, I ask you how, how everything's going at college, you know, just keep smiling. I think that's <laughs> the biggest thing that, you know, I talk about Logan Bross is he's always smiling. He, he's always having a good time. And I think, you know, that's so important because too many people, too many athletes go into a workout, maybe go into a practice and, and have that weak mindset that I just got to get through it. But then, you know, they want to just try to hit that switch when it's game time. And Logan, you mentioned how important every rep is, whether it's a physical rep or a mental rep and how the more reps you get, the more confident you get and the better athlete you become. And you just mentioned you're one of the veteran linemen coming back and you still are looking to get better and improve. And uh, I, th I think that's really big right now with kids is so many just want to just go through the workout, you know, you know, just kind of be there, get the workout in, but it's not the mindset is, Hey, progression must be an obsession or regressional set in, you know, and that's what I always said mm -hmm. to you, Logan, right? Progression yeah. must be an obsession or regression will set in because the brain always wants to feel comfortable. Right. Always wants to feel comfortable and everybody wants to go into coast mode. And we see in the Twitter world and the Instagram and social medias, we always see beast mode all the time. But can you have beast mode consistently? And Logan, you talked about consistency. Brian, sports advantage, you know, it, yeah. it's one of your big pillars. Yeah. And that's what this all comes down. Can you be consistently trying to gain weight? Or do you only do it for a little while? Do you consistently, you know, get good sleep? You consistently making sure you're hydrating all the time. You know, these are the little things when we get together and we say, get your edge podcast, the information's out there for you athletes, you coaches, you can educate your athletes, but bottom line, are you going to take action and are you going to hold yourself accountable as an athlete to improve? And that's the hard part. Yeah. Like you said, I just think the biggest thing, well, the biggest thing about sports that I like is at the end of the day, everything that you do to improve yourself is just a choice that you make yourself. Nobody else can really make it for you. And you can be as good as you want to be. It just takes that consistency and the hard work put in every single day. And I, I know you had mentioned a question about kind of getting an edge in high school. And the only real regrets I have is those days that I, maybe I didn't finish a workout as well as I wanted to, or maybe the days I decided I don't feel too good today. I don't want to work out. Those are the only real regrets I have because I see how much better they could have made me today. And that's just something I wish I could tell my former self. And I think it would have helped me a lot. One of the, one of the, one of the things that, that we shared with, with, um, you know, our followers on Instagram is the difference between I wish and I'm glad, you know, I wish is always something that, you know, you look back and you're like, I, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. And the, I'm glad is, you know, I'm glad I got eight to nine hours of sleep. I'm glad I ate four turkey and cheese sandwiches every day. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that I showed up at turf toughness and, and got after it, you know? And so I think athletes, that's a great message, Logan, is that, you know, eliminating, I wish, you know, as much as you can, and we're all going to have that, you know, we're not mm -hmm. always perfect. And, you know, you're not going to show up to every, you know, your, your intent. We talk to our athletes about intent. If your intent 
is to come to every workout and get after as hard as you can. There are some days, you know, that you're in the squat rack, you're just not going to have it. There's some days when you run on a track, you're just not going to have it. There's some days that you go to the foul line that you're just not going to have it. But if your intent is there in the long run, you're going to be successful. If, if, if you just kind of show up and just let chance happen, you know, you're going to be that, that guy or girl that in five or 10 years, you'd be like, Oh, I wish I would have got up for that 6am workout. I wish I would have, you know, done ball handling in the basement. Like, you know, my coach told me to do all the little things that athletes have the opportunity to do. You know, if you're going to eliminate, I wish and, and replace it with, I'm glad that you're going to, you, your career has been successful. Mm-hmm. So that's going to wrap it up today for our episode with Logan Bruss. Logan, we are very excited to watch you play this, this year. Um, hopefully some good things happen for the, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Hopefully we can pack Camp Randall, um, get that place rocking, and uh, let's see where the season takes us. And obviously we want to wish you good luck personally. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you get some other opportunities to go forward. But I know your focus is on, the, you know, that motion W, getting as many Ws as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's going to wrap it up today. We'll see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>